Welcome to Running in Pursuit Podcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss what it looks like to follow after Jesus in ministry and everyday life, as well as another passion of ours, sports. I'm your host, Dusty Durbin, pastor of Big Level Baptist Church, and I'm alongside Connor Pounders, youth pastor of Big Level Baptist Church. Connor, how are you doing, man? Doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Uh, We had a good Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Crystal and I got to get away Saturday and go to Foley. We went to Foley, Alabama, and we did a little bit of shopping and drove around, just, uh, just spending the day together. Got to go to some used bookstores and bought a couple of books and um, yesterday we uh, our Memorial Day uh, my parents came and we had lunch and then yesterday evening we took the the kids to the creek and so it was a good weekend and ready to get back in the swing of things good how about you yeah uh, had a really good weekend Um, my wife actually went home to see her parents um, and I I just stayed back this weekend and got some work done um, here around the church um, so I really had a good weekend yesterday, got to spend some time with our college students, um, so it was really good to see them. Yeah, That's good, that's good. Well today, man, we are uh, picking up from last week's discussion on, on salvation, understanding salvation, and last week we, we kind of defined what salvation is, uh, that salvation is uh, God delivering us from uh, His wrath, the penalty of, of our sin. Uh, and restoring us back into a right relationship with Him. And, and that salvation is found only in Christ Jesus, uh, that He purchased us through His death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, we began to talk about what the gospel is and, and that uh, uh, really uh, succinct, succinct definition of the gospel comes from 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 15, 3-4, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Today, I wanted to dive in deeper uh, about the story of redemption. All right. So as we talk about um, redemption, is that the grand narrative of Scripture? Yeah, you know, I would argue that the salvation redemption is the grand narrative of Scripture. It's, okay. All of Scripture is pointing to, to redemption in Christ Jesus. Even from the beginning, we see the fall, right, in Genesis chapter 3. And then at the end of Genesis chapter 3, 24, we, we see a shedding of, of blood of an animal in order for the, the, the skin of that animal to clothe the nakedness of Adam and Eve, which is a portrait of the redemption that we have in Christ. We're sinners, but Jesus redeemed us. It was through his death, burial, and resurrection that our sins are covered. And ultimately, according to 1 Corinthians 6, 11, our sins are washed away. And so, yeah, I, I argue that redemption, uh, salvation, is the, the grand narrative of Scripture. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, W.A. Criswell, he had a sermon, and then there's a little bitty book that was printed uh, that is called The Scarlet Thread. Uh, that runs. It's a story of redemption that runs from Genesis to to Revelation, and, and so I use that. I use the the scarlet thread uh, phrase. I love that uh, because when we read Scripture, we're not reading separate books. We're not reading uh, you know Old Testament, New Testament. We're reading one book that is pointing us to Jesus. And so, you know, there's a couple of resources I recommend, and 
And I believe they're going to be on our Facebook page. Uh, you can go check it out, Running in Pursuit. We're, we're just now getting going on our social media, so there's not a lot. But we encourage you, if you're listening to this, go like our Facebook page. But Twitter, too. Twitter, too. Yeah, we're on Twitter. And uh, subscribe to the podcast, which you're listening, you're already subscribing. Rank us, right? You can go and, uh, um, and, and give us a five-star. We would appreciate that. Leave a review. Leave a review. Uh, but, but here's two resources that I recommend. Uh, one is a, very, is a small book by Greg Gilbert called What is the Gospel? Uh, it was uh, published by, by Crossway in 2010. Uh, he does a really, really good job describing what the gospel is. And another book that I recommend is uh, by Bruce Ashford uh, on the theology of missions. And he does a good job of walking through the grand story uh, or the grand narrative of redemption. And so here's the, the grand narrative of redemption. Here, here's the story. Now, it's, it isn't original to me. Like I said, I've just, you know, two guys wrote books about it. Others have all, have written books about it. Uh, but, but the grand story of, of, of uh, redemption would ultimately be or ultimately is uh, creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. Creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. All right, cool. So if we're going to start there, we've got to start somewhere. We've got to start right at creation, right? Right. All right, so what what happened with creation? Yeah, creation, we have to first realize that uh, there's a creator, and, and his name is God. There's only one God uh, who has existed eternally and will forever exist eternally, uh, and he alone, I know I said that, but he alone is God. And he is the one who spoke and the world came into existence. He spoke and the sun began to shine. He spoke and uh, animals began to, to, to crawl and walk on the earth and swim in the ocean and fly. And so he's creator. He's the one then who took dust from the ground and formed man and breathed life in him, took the side of Adam and created woman. And so you here you have God is the creator then of man and woman. The first man, the first woman, Adam and Eve. And he created Adam and Eve to live in a harmonious relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the fall, they, they enjoyed a sin-free relationship with God. Uh, scripture says they walked the cools of, cool of the breeze of day with him. There, there was no separation. They had access to God. Uh, so when we talk about creation, we're talking about a perfect creator who created man to have a relationship with him. And man was created in his image and in his likeness, according to Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Right. And so within that creation story does come the fall. So somewhere between chapter 2 and chapter 3, um, we know that that uh, Satan was cast down, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so what happened with the fall? We know that there was the fruit, and we know that there's the tree. Adam and Eve were there. Um, but what I find really interesting about the whole part of the fall um, as, a, as, a, as a thing that's going on with, with Eve eating the fruit, it's often, it's often almost misplaced that Eve is the one that did it. But Adam was there. Right. Yeah, so... So at some point, we don't know any, we, we know very little details about the fall of Satan. Right. And so uh, I'm not going to dive into that. Yeah. Uh, 
but what I will say is this. Satan uh, had fallen, and he has a desire to steal, kill, and destroy, right. according to Scripture, right? And we see that desire played out with Eve. God had given Adam and Eve one, or he'd given them a command. Let me not say one command, but he'd given them a command. They, they can enjoy the fruit of the garden, uh, but they could not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So that was the only thing they didn't have to do. They couldn't do. They could enjoy everything else. But Satan came, and what did he do? He tempted her, and he said, look, God really didn't say you couldn't do X, Y, and Z. You can go read this story in Genesis 3, okay? So I'm not going to read it. I'm going to paraphrase it here. He tested her, or, or he tempted her by making her question the goodness and the word and the authority of God, which is how Satan still still works with believers today, or, or all people today. We're tempted. And then he, he, he causes her to... Uh, not only question the authority of God, but the goodness of God. He says, well, if you eat like this, God doesn't want you to eat like this because he knows, eat this fruit, because he knows if you eat this fruit, you're going to be like him. Well, now her ears perk up, right? Mm-hmm. And and the desire to be like God is attractive. It's, it's, it's a lustful desire. And so she takes the fruit and ultimately says, I want to be like God. It's pride. And she eats. And you're exactly right. It, Adam was not across the garden somewhere. Scripture says she turned and gave it to her husband, who should have been protecting her. He had authority over the animals in the garden. He could have told this serpent to leave, but he didn't. He ate from this fruit. He took a bite. And the moment that he took a bite of this fruit, sin spread from him to all mankind. They immediately realized they were in shame. They were naked, so they went and sewed fig leaves together. That's when God had to provide uh, a covering for them, right? And then then what happened? God kicked them out of the garden. They no longer enjoyed this fellowship with God that they once had. Why? Because they were separated from God because of their sin. Well, the same is true then for all mankind. If you go and read Romans chapter uh, Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 12, what we are told is that from one man's sin, Adam, sin and death spread to all people. So we are all now born, stained, and marred in sin. Now, I'm not going to get into different ba- debates about, about how that fleshes out, mm-hmm. but we can all agree on this, that because of the sin of Adam, all people now will eventually sin because we're stained, we're marred in mm-hmm. sin. And we will, we, because of that fall, we are eternally separated from God. You go and read John chapter 3, uh, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, you drop down to verse 18 and it's so important. We can't leave verse 18 out because what verse 18 teaches us is that those who believe are not condemned. But those who do not believe in the one and only Son, Jesus, is condemned already. Hmm. Well, why are they condemned already? Well, the answer is sin. Romans 3.23 tells us for the wages, or for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then Romans 6.23 teaches that all for, for the wages of sin is death. 
both physical and spiritual. So God created us in his image, but we, mankind, are eternally broken because of our sin. It is our sin that separates us from God eternally. And, and, and those who die in their sin will spend eternity in a place called hell. So when we think of, and hell is a place of fire and torture and torment, but, but more importantly, it's the absence of Christ. Right. And so when we talk about the story of redemption, we see creation. God is creator and he's created us in his image and he is holy, but we are sinful. We're broken sinners and are eternally separated from God. Yeah. So after, after the fall... And I want you to go into this a little bit too. Uh, the other part of Romans chapter five, right after um, you're talking about Adam, there's the redemption. There is what Christ did for us on the cross. Yeah, absolutely. That's where where the scripture is leading to. We go and we see creation, fall, redemption, and ultimately restoration multiple times throughout the scriptures, because that's what all the scripture is pointing to. And so. Our redemption, the idea of redemption is is being set free. It's a slave that has been set free from the slave owner, okay? It's been redeemed from that. And and we are, are Romans 6, you're either enslaved to sin or enslaved to righteousness. Well, right. apart from Christ, we are enslaved to our sin. But in Christ, in Christ, uh, we can be removed redeemed from that sin, no longer in bondage. That's what redemption is. It's it's Jesus took our place on the cross. He bore our sin. He, he became our substitutionary atonement. He substituted our place and he appeased God's wrath. First John chapter one, our advocate died. He appeased God's wrath. He was atoning sacrifice for the sins of the entire world world. And so redemption then is, is it's the gospel story. Jesus died in our place. Jesus being fully God and fully man, he left the throne room of heaven. He came to this earth. He was clothed in flesh and blood. He lived 33 years with one intent to go to a cross, to die in the place of sinners. And on the third day, he rose again, making salvation available to every person under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, who would believe in Jesus and repent of their sins. Yeah. And so we have that redemption. Now let's talk about the restoration. Yeah. <clears throat> just because Jesus died in our place, just because he died for the sins of the whole world, and Scripture is clear that Jesus died for the sins of the entire world, does not mean that the entire world has been restored. Restoration comes only by grace, Ephesians 2.8, that's God giving us what we do not deserve through faith. That's a complete and total trust in Christ alone. So God is holy. We're sinful. We're eternally separated. Jesus came. He took our place on the cross. He died. He rose again. And now every person who places their faith and trust in Jesus alone for the forgiveness of their sin, trusting in Him and His work. Listen, I said this before last week. Salvation is a work of God from beginning to end. He saves us, and He will complete our salvation. Our faith, our repentance, turning from our sin, and our surrender uh, completely to the Lordship of Christ is not a work, but it's our response. 
when we hear the gospel, when the Spirit of God is working in our hearts and we, we recognize that, you know what, I am a sinner. My eyes are open. I realize that I've sinned against God and, and uh, I, I'm going to spend eternity in a place called hell. And through that conviction, we say, God, I, I believe in Jesus. I believe that He alone died on the cross. He alone rose again and He alone can forgive me of my sins. And we ask for forgiveness. And we surrender, we repent. In that moment, John chapter 3 reminds us that we are born again. There's a death, burial, and resurrection that takes place, if we can use that phrase. Uh, there's a spiritual death, and we become new creations in Christ Jesus. And our sins, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse 11, our, we, our sins are washed, white, were washed away. Uh, we were justified. We were then made right with God. Romans chapter 4, we were, we were declared righteous, not with our own righteousness, but we were declared righteousness. We were declared righteous through the righteousness of Christ that was given to us and, and restored back into a relationship with Him. So every person who, under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, believes in Jesus alone for the forgiveness of sin, repenting from sin, surrendering, not as works, but as a response, our sins are removed and we're restored into a right relationship with the Father. And now we enjoy this relationship. Uh, the Spirit of God dwells in us. We are able to pray and God uh, hears um, and He answers and He listens. Uh, uh, God works in our lives through, through comfort and peace and joy. Uh, and so we're in a, in a, a relationship now and in a real, ultimately in an eternal relationship where we will enjoy the glory of God forever. That is some good stuff. So who needs salvation and why do they need salvation? Yeah, when we think about the story of redemption, the fact that uh, God is God is creator who created us in his rela- in a rela- to be in a relationship with him and that mankind is sinful and the eternal consequences of sin is, is separation from God in a place called hell. The answer is every person needs salvation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what your background is. All people are born stained and marred in sin and in need of, of the saving grace of God. It um, doesn't matter how good you are. It uh, doesn't matter how much you give or, how, or what you do. You can never give enough and do enough. To earn God's salvation, it's not by works, Paul says. It's by grace through faith, and therefore all people are in need of salvation and deliverance from the penalty of our sin. Right. So we have those consequences of sin. So how does how does a person receive salvation? Yeah, the, one answer, it's faith in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not by works. I, I know I said that several times, but... So many people are, are, are trying to earn their eternity, no matter what they believe in. But the truth is, Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So there is salvation in no other person but Christ. We, we cannot earn the, love, earn the favor and the forgiveness of God. It's only in Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It is with the heart we believe and are justified. It is with the mouth 
we confess and are saved. And so salvation is, is by faith, by grace, through faith in Christ Jesus alone. So in the Baptist Faith and Message, we are Southern Baptist, so the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, uh, we believe that we cannot lose our salvation, correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Uh, if you go and read the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, uh, you will see that we hold to, <clears throat> excuse me, what we call eternal security, uh, meaning that uh, that once we come to genuine faith and trust in Christ alone, we eternally belong to Christ, and nothing in all of creation could ever separate us from from our salvation. Now, I know there are some who will say, "Yeah, but here's some passage of scripture," you know, like Hebrews six and others, and and. My response to that is those, those passages of Scripture are not very clear. Let me point you to some Scripture that are very clear that our salvation is secure. John chapter 10, uh, Jesus says, I know my sheep, and they hear my voice, or they come to me uh, when I call them. And uh, nothing can sna- uh, snatch them out of my hand. Ultimately, nothing can snatch them out of the Father's hand. Well, what is he teaching us there? That we belong to Jesus, the sheep, God's sheep, which is ultimately his children. Uh, believers of Christ, we are held in the hand of God. We see it in, in John three sixteen, right? Those who believe will never perish, right? Uh, we see it in Ephesians chapter 1, that once one, we're adopted into the family of God, and as an adopted child in the family of God, nothing changes that position. Our position is in Jesus. And then we see that in, in Ephesians 1, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, who is our guarantee into the day of redemption. And so the Holy Spirit consumes us, and, and He is our seal. That, that seal cannot be broken. You know, it plays on the, uh, the idea of a king sealing a letter, and, and that, that, that cannot change, right? Uh, and so, uh, unless the king changes it, and, and, and so um, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. We see Paul declaring in, in Philippians 1, uh, that I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in me will complete it on the day of redemption. So when we examine the scriptures, we, we are, the scripture is clear that those who have genuinely placed their faith and trust in Christ are forever his children. Now, I, I want to I make this statement. You know, a lot of people teach uh, uh, once saved, always saved. And I get the concept, but, but here, here's how I've reworded that. If genuinely saved always saved, mm-hmm. right? Um, those who genuinely come to faith and trust in Christ, uh, not with head knowledge, but with their heart, uh, according to Scripture, are eternally sealed and secure, and God will preserve us until eternity. Now, some, some push back against that and say, well, if you're saved, then you can go live however you want. You can do whatever you want. Well, Romans 6 answers that. Uh, the, the truth, no, absolutely not. You, once you come to faith and trust in Christ, there should be, there is a transformation that takes place. And in that transformation, there's not a desire to sin. There's not a desire to uh, live however you want. Your desires change. You do sin and you still struggle, yes. But those who come to faith and trust in Christ now have a desire and a longing to live for the glory of God. Uh, and so while we do sin, sin is the exception in the life of the believer, not the norm because of the transformation. So, yes, I fully believe based off of Scripture, the clear Scripture, that we, that we are eternally secure in Christ. And true believers will persevere 
in the end. Well, I have enjoyed uh, this talk on salvation. I think it uh, it conveys clearly um, what God's plan was from the beginning. Um, and I think it, it conveys clearly what Jesus did for us on the cross. Um, some good stuff, man. Yeah, you know, it's important that we understand that salvation is a work of God, um, that it can be obtained only in Christ alone, and that it should transform us. Uh, and listen, if you do not have a church home and you're listening right now, uh, we would love to invite you here to Big Level Baptist Church. We will be resuming our services on June the 7th. In-person services. In-person, yeah. yeah. So we will be seeing people. We'll be worshiping the Lord through song, um, through your preaching. Yeah. Um, Social distancing. Every Social other distancing. pew will be blocked off. Yeah. and we're, not encouraging, we're encouraging people not to shake hands or hug. Yeah. We'll have some videos about that out on BigLevelBaptist.com, on Facebook, Instagram, all that. You can go check those out. Um, but, hey, when we come back, we're going to be talking about a little bit of golf, a little bit of football. Um, so we'll see you all on the other side. And we are back. Um, so a little bit of sports topics for the day. Um, I don't know if you caught this weekend. They had the match. Um, I did not watch that. I wish, I, I, for whatever reason, uh, didn't. But uh, who were you pulling for? Was it Were you pulling for Mickelson and Brady or uh, Woods and Manning? I was definitely pulling for Tiger and Peyton. Um, I can't really figure out why I was, but uh, – Man, it was awesome, and I couldn't turn it off. Mainly, it was it was a lot more entertaining than I thought it would be. So let me ask this, okay? I'm going to go back and watch it. I'm sure it'll be on the ESPN app or something. But did uh, Tiger, did, did all four play on the same hole, or they played different holes? Yes, yeah, so they had the thing, what what was called the Tiger Tees. Okay. So it was it was more of the pro tees. Um, Tiger and Phil played a lot further back. Uh Tom and Peyton played a little bit further up in another another tee pad. The women's tee box. Yeah. No, I'm joking. I'm I joking. Yeah, but it was a little bit further up. Yeah. So they played. That's where I play hit. when I play golf. By the way, is yeah. the women's tee box. Yeah, I would. That's I'm where joking. I would have to play too. I'm um, but yeah, it was it was interesting. I think it it poured down rain the whole time. Um, so that was interesting. Charles Barkley, uh, was out there. He was he was one of the commentators. Um. I forgot who the other guy was, but Justin I, Thomas. I guess my question is, did they all did they just stay on the same hole and they went from hole to hole all four? Yeah, they played they played uh best ball out of out of both of them, so it's kind of a doubles doubles match type. So thing. so really it was a competition between Tiger and Nicholson? Yeah. Um uh, they played best ball and then I think a couple of holes they played uh worst ball. They they had a couple different things. Um it was re- it was really interesting because just the just the value of and the entertainment of live sports was just I didn't know what was going to happen, which was yeah. has not happened in a long time. Oh, I know. Um, you know, and so I couldn't turn it off because I didn't want to. I didn't want to for the sheer basis of it was live. Right. And that's like watching Korean baseball. Yeah. Me and the boys just just Saturday and Monday we're watching Korean baseball. Sunday, I mean Sunday and Monday we watch Korean baseball just because it's. It's on TV, and we know if it wasn't live that day, it was live the day before, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah. So we, I watched it. it was in, It was awesome. Uh, Tiger and Peyton pulled it out. There was a lot of uh, 
uh, smack talking going on, which was cool. Um, I think Tom Tom birdied a hole from like 150 yards away. Really? Yeah, he he, he hit one in. It was it, that was really cool. Um, no fans out there, obviously. Nobody out there to cheer him on. So it's kind of that was odd. Yeah. Um, Practicing all, for football season coming up, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's what Tom said. He's like, I got to practice for football. I can't concentrate on golf. But they were asked uh, before the before the round. They asked them uh, who would they bring along as their caddy if they could. And Peyton said, "I'd probably try out Bill Belichick for a while." <laughs> <laughs> what did, uh, did Brady say anything about that? No, he didn't say it. He, he was right beside him, but he just kind of laughed. I thought that was funny too, because ah, that was good. But Peyton also did say between between the two of them, uh, Peyton and Tiger had more championships because <laughs> uh, Tiger has four, fifteen, and, and Peyton's got two, so that's seventeen. And, and <laughs> to Tom and uh, Phil's thirteen, I think. Tom Brady's got what six, yeah, five, six, six, and Phil has was it two or four? I don't remember. Yeah, I think so. championships. Yeah. Anyway, that's good. Yeah, man. the entertainment value was awesome. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. Really entertaining, and they did a lot of it for for charity and stuff like that. But now, now, Connor, if I'm if I'm watching correctly, football will be starting back in the fall professionally. Correct? I'm pretty sure. I mean, as far as it's going now, I think. It changes every single day. I've heard last week it was going to start, and then a couple people were saying, well, it can't start. I mean, people are the NFL teams are getting backup quarterbacks in case their quarterback gets a coronavirus. But I would think if one gets the virus, don't you think they're going to shut the whole season down? I think so. I don't know what to think. Ever since the middle of March, when all of this has really hit our country, I've tried guessing what's going to happen in different avenues and circles, church life, sports. And, and, and sometimes I guess right, and sometimes I don't. It's like there's no – every day the goalpost keeps getting moved, mm-hmm. right? And we don't know what's – I just don't know. I don't know. So I, to answer your question, they may, they may not. You know, basketball's talking about different options. One option is for them to play at Disney World, but what would that mean? Would I think that, that would be awesome. But would that mean people that have reservations for July to go to the park can't go to the park? Because it's going to be blocked off. I don't know. Oh yeah, if that happens, yeah, I don't think anybody's going. But I'm ready for live sports to come back. I, yeah. You know, you're talking about watching that. I, I'm ready to watch some football. Yeah, you know, I'm ready to watch whatever whatever's on. But what was what's interesting about this the Memorial Day weekend is usually with sports, you you're ending the conference finals, going into the NBA finals. Um, you usually have. Uh, baseball starting up, so that was that would have been the last day of the SEC tournament last week, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. June you go into World Series. Yeah, yeah really? Yeah, we'd be going into World Series uh, regionals around this time, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. You usually got the, I think the President's Cup is starting with with PGA Golf. Um, Nobody know. Nobody probably listens or cares about this, but the disc golf tur- the disc golf pro tour. <laughs> you um, are. You yeah, care. I, do, I care about it. disc golf pro tour is really ramping up for for worlds. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of going. So uh, just a lot of stuff on Memorial Day weekend that that we really missed this year. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest for me was it NBA. It's missing missing college baseball. College, yeah, uh, we miss Kumar Rocker. Another year of Kumar Rocker. Yeah, that kid threw the ball last year, man. Yeah. Uh, but that just means one less year of having to play him because you know he's <laughs> going to play next year and then go pro. 
Yeah. And so, you know, one less year of having to play. I've been watching some reruns on, on ESPN, man, and I was watching LSU and State play the other day. And, dude, I, I'm a huge Ole Miss fan. I love Ole Miss to the day I die. But that stadium is beautiful. Which one? The uh, the new Duty Duty Noble. Oh, is it? In, in Starkville. It is just – it's gorgeous. It's I've no Alex Box Stadium. See, I don't know. It's gorgeous. I think I think every SEC stadium has pretty much got money to do what they want to, but that new that new stadium is uh, it's pretty yeah. cool. I've been That's around cool. it, but I've never been in it. But I went to the one the old one. The old one was pretty rough. Oh really? Yeah, the old one was pretty rough. They still had wooden stands out on left field, right field. Really? So yeah, sitting in that was kind of rough. But you know the what they've done with the upgrades and stuff is really cool. That's good. Yeah. <clears throat> It's no Alex Box, though. That's all I know to say. Yeah. I've never been there, so I don't know. I have to go there. Well, I haven't been to any of them but Alex Box. I, Lord willing, I'm going to Ole Miss LSU this year just so I can go to another LSU game. You talking about football games? Yeah. Just so I can go. Well, then you get to watch Lane Kiffin coach. Yeah. And, and, yeah. So That's good, man. Good. good. Well, we hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, if you're a believer, share the gospel with others. Yeah. Uh, We look forward to sports. But listen, until next time, make much of Jesus, making disciples wherever you are.